Ladies of the turning table. 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 Ladies of the turning tables. Welcome to the Ladies of the Turning Tables, the podcast. Hi, I'm Super Gail, a passionate DJ and turntablist, creator of the Brussels Cuts Scratch Jams, music lover and a woman and non-binary empowerment guide. I want to showcase and bring to light the path of creative women in the music industry. What do we love? The struggle we face? In short, our life as creative and unapologetic beings. Today, I receive the amazing Superfly Collective, a female-only DJ crew made out of five amazing people. And today I received two of them, Mickey Gold and Fatou San. All these uh, great ladies were already active since the 2010s in Belgium and now in Europe and maybe in the world. Uh, so today I was really happy to share their experience with you, their amazing vibe and chemistry they have together. And I really wanted to be a great inspiration for you all. Enjoy, guys. Thank you, ladies, to join me today. I'm super happy to see you. Thank you very much. Welcome. I'm happy to be here. Uh, how are you? I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah, rushing, rushing, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm good. Would you mind presenting yourself, ladies? So, yeah, I'm um, Mike, I'm also known as DJ Mickey Gold <laughs> from um, Superfly Collective, and I'm a DJ. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more than that, actually. <laughs> I do many things in my life. Um, so I'm a, I'm a social worker, I'm a mom, I'm a friend, a partner, a sister, <laughs> a daughter. Um, and yeah, well, I, I love music. And I got uh, into DJing 13 years ago or longer. I don't remember. It's been a part of my life ever since in uh, sometimes more, sometimes a bit less, uh, but it's always been there, uh, the music. Voilà. Nice. And, uh, and Fatou? <laughs> uh, voilà. My name is Fatou, DJ Fatou San, uh, also uh, the um, co-creator with Mika and uh, five other great ladies of the Superfly Collective. And um, I've been into music since almost 20 years because I was singing first. So uh, I began in the in a gospel choir. And from there, I got into contact with uh, <clears throat> Cleo, who Cleo is a very good singer of, uh, of our country. And I started singing for her as a backing vocalist. And from there, I did uh, almost 10 years as a backing vocalist in uh, different groups. And then uh, I started uh, the DJ career uh, after meeting Mika and the other girls. So right away with the creation of Superfly Collective. Um, but I've been uh, passionate about music and selecting tunes since quite an early age. So uh, I think for Mika is the same. It was quite natural to be part of a collective like this. And we started uh, to be the DJ right away of the collective, the two of us. So uh, yeah, we kind of, uh, she was already uh, playing before the collective, but then I think the career really boomed 
with the career with, i did not have a career before superfly no but like the <laughs> career kind of boom yeah, yeah, voilà. superfly um but uh yeah voila so for for us together it was yeah through the collective that we yeah. were known as djs okay and uh for, for the the ones who don't know you you are a collective of uh, of women making music uh, especially dj if i'm not mistaken when did you have the idea to create a collective with you guys actually it was through a, a mutual friend um joanna who uh, was in uh, contact with uh, G. Nice. And G. Nice is a, a woman from uh, Germany. She was living in Brussels at the moment. And she's the creator of uh, An Attitude magazine, which is a magazine in print um, around uh, women in hip hop. Um, mm -hmm. It's quite unique, actually, um, especially at that time. She was doing everything herself and she was releasing a new issue the Brussels issue, I think it was. Um, and she was looking for a little ev event to throw around women in hip hop to promote the, the launch of her uh, new uh, magazine. And uh, because she knew Joanna and jo Joanna knows a lot of people, um, Joanna connected uh, us actually. Um, and we uh, organized that event in Tavernier in, uh, in, in Ixel. Um, and it was a, a huge success because um, we felt immediately that people were very interested by the idea of a female hip hop event, which was uh, very rare at that moment uh, here in Belgium. And um, And it was a very positive vibe, uh, a very safe environment for everybody. It was a very nice party. We had good concerts. We had Yara Bravo uh, at the first edition. And so after that first edition, um, it was clear that it wouldn't stay with just one event for the magazine. It would continue. We had so many ideas of guests to invite. And voila, we are, what, 13 years later and we're still doing this it was in 2009 that we met and then uh, yeah a few months afterwards we launched that party at tavernier we were the only ones at that time like she said like the only female djs in uh, in hip-hop uh, of course they were in um, in electronic music but even like even for like black women or uh, women of color we were the only ones uh, even in electronic music i don't Don't, I don't think there were any. So I think it was very refreshing for people to see that. And, um, you know, Nadia is from Moroccan origins. I'm an Afro-descendant and uh, Vanessa is, uh, her parents come Africa. So uh, it was kind of a united color of Benetton with uh, Mika and with Joanna, you know, and Lizzie. So um, it was that kind of group you can... Yeah, you can see in Brussels, mixed group, you know, um, uh, even though they were coming from Vlanderen, um, uh, for Brussels, it was like normal to have that kind of mixed people in a group of friends. In my group of friends, it was like this. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was nice to see that kind of representation. Um, nowadays, it's totally it, you know, it's, it's more and more, you see that more and more, um, uh, black female DJs and uh, um, female DJs of color. But um, 
you don't really you did, it was not something that you used to see back then so mm. i think that's one of the reasons why people were very enthusiastic about our collective and uh, and uh, voila quoi. and yeah. because as well maybe because you were maybe good as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were not bad <laughs> And uh, uh, for the selection, it's true that, yeah, we were uh, more into alternative hip hop, underground hip hop, and not the mainstream vibe, and not was what was played at the radio. So it was, there was a public for that. Uh, you know, we were 90s lovers because we were like born, uh, almost everybody was born into, during the 80s. So the 90s vibe was really something that was common between us. And we really share that with our public, which uh, was mainly our friends at the beginning. So it was really like about sharing the good old vibes and everything that with what we were uh, growing. Um, you know, what you grew, grew up with. <laughs> oui, voilà, voilà, c'est ça. <laughs> and, uh, and at first it was Mika and I, like I said, but four years afterwards, uh, Vanessa and Nadia began to, to mix with, with us. And um, they brought the more new school vibe. At that time, it was like uh, more like uh, uh, crunk and the beginning of trap music. Vanessa yeah. and Nadia was really into that. Nobody was into that uh, uh, yet in the public huh? in Brussels. Yeah, true, true, nobody true. really understood. So she was really one of the. Um, Uh, the, 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 the she, she was like pioneers in that kind of vibe for the DJ sets because otherwise you could listen to that kind of DJ set in America or whatever in UK or maybe in other countries in Europe but in Belgium and Brussels was not so you know so hip so uh, it took time but then afterwards she was really known for great uh, kind uh, that that kind of great sets so it was kind of complementary with Miku and I more like yeah. in the beginning that um, they started to to mix we had to, I, I I speak for myself now I needed I needed some time to adjust you know musically because I for me it was important that we didn't do separate things and I think it was for the others too we really tried to grow uh, towards each other to listen well what uh, Nadia was doing what uh, Vanessa was doing and to try to um, connect the two So it was not, uh, I'm the old school one and Vanessa is the new wow. school one or whatever. Um, we really worked very hard to make everything uh, uh, as, a, as a whole, you know, um, complementary in, in a true kind of... Like in a, in a musical group, but with DJ, you mean? A bit yeah. like this, yeah. Okay. Because um, we, yeah, no, because we, we used to do back-to-backs as well. So you need to adapt to the other vibes. And uh, I really do think that we had almost all the colors of uh, hip hop music. Like you had like 80s hip hop, more like the grimy bass vibe that Samika and I, we love it. Uh, the dark vibe, you know, Def Jux, all that kind of, you know, industrial and dark vibes. And we had the trap vibe, crunk vibe, the club vibe even. Uh, new school, the boom bap, new school boom bap. I mean, I think we were quite large for uh, hip-hop music as DJs. So you, you're practically open format DJs, but within hip-hop and around, but with several DJs then? Uh, yeah, I think we are uh, quite large within, like Fatou explains, 
within hip hop and we play uh, with several DJs for sometimes. Um, it's often different uh, combinations of, of DJs when we go uh, play, but uh, sometimes we are really the four of us and then we have a whole range. And when we have a, a short set, I remember when we did the full color uh, parties in Liège, the, the, the set was only like one hour, one hour and a half. So we really um, prepared it well to show the whole range of, of uh, musical vibe that we had. Um, and it was a very interesting work always uh, to see, okay, what do you want to play? What do you want to play? What do you, and, and to try to make it uh, work and, and to connect uh, uh, everybody's ideas. Um, it was a very interesting process all the time to, to make it in, in a mix of one hour, one hour and a half for the night. Uh, so we, we did a lot of work on that. And I think now when we do a back-to-back -back set, it comes more naturally. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, before, yeah, it was it was a work, uh, but it was a very nice work to do because it really broadened my uh, musical horizon. <laughs> nice. So you, you complete each other and, um, and uh, you have uh, frequently reunions together. Two reunions so it could be just a phone call or a message. Huh? It's not like formal reunions but when where you you gather your intentions for a mix how do you work for creating a mix for example yeah we we met huh? uh, at, mostly at the beginning we were meeting to discuss what we were going to play it was more like that vibe in that vibe how can the four of us find uh, each each other you know in a good way each one of us you know But I then we really used to practice even at my place in Ghent. Yeah. Uh, we really used to practice the mixes and, and, and to share the ideas and stuff. But with time, it changed and we got more into, we trusted each other a bit more. Like if you say, okay, I have this kind of idea. It was not, a, a, it was never anymore a, a full prepared from A to Z that uh, set list mm -hmm. it was more sharing ideas and talking mm -hmm. about how you see the vibe of a certain party or a certain set and we really had the conversation always but uh, not any more uh, pre-prepared um, set list yeah with the experience it's like everything you can improvise mm -hmm. so then you just have the crate and you dig into it and you know then you just follow each other but Of course, when you are four, it's different than when you are two. For instance, Mika and I have uh, mixed a lot together. It's one of the, if not the only DJ I've back-to-back back with, with who I can do seven hours, one track each, and we will always find the way to go. But it's go, it goes, of course, outside of hip-hop. We are music lovers. So mm -hmm. it goes to house, to soul, to funk to broken beat to reggae sometimes to dance all to I mean there are a lot of things that we could uh, we can play together outside of the collective but it's always a work to do something with a group and with time we got to improvise more but it was better for us to do that in our genre preferred genre some I don't know but it was hip-hop you know like rap music or, you know, hip hop breaks and stuff. That's where we were the, it was the easiest for us mm. to, you know, improvise and, and back to back. From time so, to time, we really had uh, 
I remember when we played the after party for Mo's death, we were 100% in the vibe. We hadn't really prepared. I mean, each no. was with Nadia, you and I, we were three. And each had a bit, you know, ideas in a crate, you know, like I want to play this and this and this. But then we started to back to back one track each. And yeah, it, it was great. Uh, it just works. Um, it, it's, it's natural, but it's natural now. It wasn't, you know, in the beginning it was hard work, but now it's more natural. And I think with Yufa too, I, I had that earlier in a larger, in, in more genres, but it also, yeah, we played a lot together. So we had time to, to learn each other's vibe and, um, and habits and, and, uh, and, yeah. and habits. Yeah. Voilà, and each other's little hits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> your favorite song that you kind to put every time because you really want to listen to it and then you're like oh i'm sorry Fatu, i played this last week as well sorry but i really want to <laughs> i know it will work nice. <laughs> that's cool so but it's it's really interesting because um most of the djs uh, i know and interviewed are more uh, alone and it's it's not known to be a, a group kind of work usually so it's it's really your formation is really unique indeed and I, I was really wondering how you were working together to 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 make it work and it, each time I had the, the the opportunity to listen to to you guys it was always really fluid the, the vibe was always there sometimes a bit slower sometimes a bit more dancing but um it was really interesting to see you you play and you 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 seem that well to to take a lot of fun and pleasure to do it is it is it as well what you you experience oh yeah yeah, yeah as yeah. a group it was the the force behind it it was just for fun actually it was really like you know the values of hip-hop when it's like uh, fun respect and you know it was that we respected each other we wanted uh, to um, we wanted to have fun but to, to make people dance but to ever come like to share some good vibes with people you know that was the most important and the good vibes of, of each of us like the vibes that you know gets me high that's the vibes I want to share and then Mika has other ones too and but it was complimentary and I think that Everybody who attended a Superfly party can remember that it was nice vibe, like happy. And um, it was not about the image. It has never been about the image. Okay, we did uh, pictures and stuff, but uh, we were not so good at that. It was really from the beginning about our passion for the music and our passion for sharing this. We want people to know some artists. We want people to know some songs. And then we want people to remember some songs. And then we want, we want people to discover them, you know? It was really what a DJ is supposed to do. It's to share vibes you know already, but vibes you don't know yet. And not the vibes that you listen to 10 times on the radio, because before there was, it was not like this for a certain genre of music. It was first the DJ in the club that would make you discover things. And then it got to the radio and then it got more commercial and this and that. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're so right. Because now rap music is, uh, is the most listened to everywhere in the world. But uh, even five, six years ago, it was not the case at all. It was still kind of underground-ish music, even though you, you had some kind of uh, big stars shining sometimes and uh, making big hits, such as, I don't know, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, you know, the big names, Kendrick Lamar, blah, blah, blah. blah. But um, most of the people, they didn't have 
that much access to as much music as we have now, uh, especially with the social media, the streaming platforms, for example. Um, did you always uh, try to, to find some unknown gems and to share them to people? It was not for me to like find the most exclusive uh, track or artist or, or bootleg or whatever. I always search for music. I think I always dig deeper than most people. But for me, it was essential that it was music that spoke to me personally, that I felt that I could dance to, that I liked with a good message or with a good groove or, or with a good beat. It was my first cr criteria always that I had to like it first. I, I, it was something that had to be um, close to, to what I love. Um, and that vibe, that music is what I want to share. And sometimes it's maybe more commercial. I don't know, but a lot of times it was not. And a lot of times I, I really played tracks that I thought like, okay, it's so nice that people are dancing to this because uh, nobody knows it. And uh, it's maybe not made to be a dance track, but still uh, people feel it the way I feel it, you know. And uh, for me, that kind of sharing, connecting, uh, exchange was, um, is the most beautiful thing. Yeah, it's exactly 100% with Mika. And I even think that it's first what you listen and that you love. And then naturally, that's what you're going to play. So I've never made a playlist and she neither and the others, I don't think so. Uh, like 100% adapted uh, for what the public wants to listen to. Except, all, of course, the 90s classics. And I know my friends and I know that if I'm going to play that song, uh, they're going to be like, Bleh! and I, I will, this is what I want to see. <laughs> It's, it's all like, uh, it's all our group's classics. So it's not even the classic that was, uh, be play, that was uh, played on the radio. And even if it was played on the radio, if it was the track that I loved, this is why I'm playing it, playing in it. In it. And not because I know uh, that I have to have a 50% uh, hits, uh, otherwise people won't like it. Really, the few times we had to play, I have to say this, for a public like this, because it's not only the DJ, sometimes it's the public. It's, mm -hmm. We accepted sometimes DJ sets we shouldn't have. And we were not adapted actually to that public. They didn't want to understand. They were like, what the fuck is this? We cannot sing along, you know? So when you are in front of this public, it's better that you are the DJ who knows how to uh, adapt completely your playlist to the people. But we were mm -hmm. not really that kind of DJs we were like okay this is the songs this is what I love and I'm gonna dance behind the turntables and if nobody dance from A to Z then there is a problem then I was the problem it was not my party then I had we have to reconsider uh, which parties we accept and stuff you know because it's not easy to make people dance on stuff they don't know actually exactly uh, you, you can find a way but then at one point, it's like selling yourself. This is the feeling I had. And I was like, I don't feel good. I, I don't feel good. It's like I was selling myself for three quarter of the sets. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. So it's your profile of DJ. And I don't want to criticize the DJs. I do 100% adapted playlist to a, you know, club public who really direct uh, almost, I think, the DJ but it's another job. And I really mm -hmm. think that in DJing, you have several jobs and you have the wedding DJs, 
and you have uh, you have the obscure DJ that just don't look at people. They they just like this uh, doing obscure thing, and nobody understands. And the the person doesn't even look at what is going on. You have to find a balance, and then it's gray, so you can be black, white, and gray. You know, in between. True. And for us, we were more into the gray part between uh, what people know, you know, and what we love. And of course, some gems I couldn't play in our parties because I really didn't want to, you know, stop the great you atmosphere. I love very dark things. And uh -huh. most of the time it was not adapted. And I was like, it's okay. I will keep that for another moment or mixes online or, you know whatever but when you have to make people dance there are limits it's normal huh? I should, uh... yeah i know people yeah. Are, yeah true and sometimes you you do play the classics or the hits but i in my case it's always the the classics that are close to my heart so if then i play them i play them for myself as well because i i, I know i will enjoy myself behind the dj booth just as much as the audience before standing before me but for the whole collective, it was like this. For the four DJs, we are yeah. a bit similar. We really, the music is linked to affect to emotions, but like that we shared with our friends. Actually, maybe it's because we were like teenagers or stuff, and it was the it's very present in our heart. And we grew up with people who liked those songs, and it represents an era in our lives. And it's really a, a big part of the music comes from that that good feeling or you know the things that you shared with your friends and not and we only never huh? very calculated no we, we never really calculated uh, things like what would be the most uh, profitable or how would we get more bookings maybe if we go in this in this in this direction or how can we sell each other better um, uh, ourselves better we never thought like this um i think it's the reason why we stayed a bit underground um but we always stayed close to our hearts. And I think that's what made Superfly already last so long because we stayed true to ourselves and, and our vibe. Yeah, but that's that's really nice to hear that because um, as well, I, I had the, the chance to, to talk with a, a lot of other DJs and um, I always had that question as well to, to what to do. So do I really want to play that song even though I don't like it? And But I know the public will just go wild or, you know, it's always kind of a balance. You have to, to ask yourself when DJing in, um, in large crowds, especially bars, festivals, whatever, because you're like, okay, what is it for me or is it for them or do, can we have a common ground together? <laughs> so it's not easy. Yeah, indeed. yeah I, I mean, the it conversations was not... we... Yeah, go no, go, go, Mika. I don't know, the conversation sometimes we had between, um, uh, behind the DJ booth, between the, th the, the four of us, like, okay, in what, which vibe are we going to continue? Eh? We feel like, okay, we've been playing for two hours, this kind of vibe, eh, we need to change just for ourselves, for the, for the public. And then we are discussing like, okay, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? And sometimes, yeah, Fatou said, okay, I want to go into a groovier vibe. Uh, the others didn't want to do it. So we really had to discuss on the spot sometimes, like, what do we decide? And then we change the vibe and it's always a bit like, okay, will it work? Will it work? <laughs> and then when it works, I mean, we really high five uh, behind the boots, like, yeah, it worked. And then we go. So 
it's nice to be together behind the, the decks and to see how each of us feels the continuation of the party and, and the vibe and to see how it matches. I love that. No, really, it's, uh, it's I, I think the, the four of us, we, I think, I don't think we have ever played a song we didn't want to play. That has never happened. But it's possible that I played a song and they didn't like it, of course, or a song and they were like, oh, you, you like this, but it's such a, everything we have played, each of us, we wanted to play. So, you know, if in DJing you, you are okay to play things you don't like, I mean, that's your problem. It's okay. I mean, it's how you live with it, you know? If it's okay for you, then it's okay for you. Then you are good at your job, you know? It's just that I think mm -hmm. there are different jobs and the job of the DJ who makes people discover music, I think it's still very important. And I think it's, it's important young DJs recall that because that was the point of the whole DJing. First, so uh, we find a word last time, Mika, no, not the messenger, but the, a, a pass, uh, un passeur, une passeuse, how do you say in English? So the one who takes the song from the artist and can make it go to a certain public that really maybe didn't know. And then the, maybe one person will shazam or before will ask and go check and we follow that artist. I mean, everything we've played is from people, other people. It's not our production. So we've never produced ourselves in Superfly. You know, we are not like actually, actually making music. Like you said at the beginning, we're just DJs, uh, like a tune selector. So it's really important to recall that again, uh, even for youth, you know, that you, you, you also play what people have built Mm -hmm. And sometimes there was a whole thing around the DJs, you know, the fame and the C and the S. But I'm like, hey, go down. I mean, it's, it's the artists. If you are not producing yourself, it's the other artists that put you there, you know, because people will love what they hear and your way of, of course, it's an art to DJ. I'm not saying it's not, but sometimes I think there is a lot too much around the image of a DJ the the status of a dj the i like the way you describe the fame around the dj because you, you know there was a I, I don't remember who said that but you know the, the god is a dj <laughs> yes. but in a way it, it it is for many people for what they've experienced in a, during a set but sometimes i feel like people don't some djs don't put enough the artists they play forward you know mm -hmm. Like, for instance, it's really cool to share your playlist, for instance. It's nice, it's normal, you know, on Mixcloud, you can tag the songs and stuff. Uh, uh, and some DJs are not really like this. They, they, they want to share anything. They just, you know, and you're a bit like, yeah, but why are you there? It's just for the music from others. So, um, but that's really my personal point of view. Huh? I mean, it's just that it's something sometimes I've discussed with my husband, who is a DJ as well. So, uh, yeah, voila. No, I, I think we really agree on this because I, I remember many times that we were playing maybe in, in bigger venues and where they put us like on the stage. And if we could choose, we always ask to be, you know, down on the side of the, the, the room or so people were closer to us and, and we could dance together and not be like an artist on stage. I mean, because you are so far from the public and... and I think as a DJ, it's it's nicer to be with the public. So you really have that um, that that vibe of sharing. 
um, your your uh, you share the music that somebody else made, and then you can really share the the, the feeling with the public. Like, oh yeah, this is a nice song, and you dance together, and you do the same thing on the same music. Um, but when you are on stage, like on a big stage, far from the public, you you lose that a bit, and then it's more around you as a person, and people are looking, and that's not what it's about for me. Um, exactly. Okay. It's like that's why boiler rooms are so nice. You really feel physically yeah. the vibe. It's like everybody together. We You're are touched by people, people, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but voilà, you know. You can but share I, emotions. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So it's strong souvenirs in a DJ set. I'm 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 pretty sure it's really better than having three. I don't know, uh, people like so far, it's good, but it's a kind of um, an idol, an idol you are yeah. looking at. But we, we have never seen ourselves like this. So for us, sometimes it was a bit, uh, you know, it was like, oh no, we are there on the stage. Oh no, why, you know? And others would be like, yeah, so cool, you know, <laughs> I want everybody to look at me, you know? Okay. So, so do you have a, an imposter syndrome maybe? Because <laughs> I don't know. Because I don't know. Some be that kind. You know, I, I, I'm dropping the bomb right now. But uh, you know, because some DJs they, they really need to have uh, their space, not far from the public, but a bit distant, so they can really focus on what they're playing and no request and not being bothered, let's say, by people always trying to talk to them and stuff. So you, in, on the other hand, uh, what you just told me was. Um, that you were really more about being close to the public and uh, having exchanges and stuff. How, how do you cope with that? No, but we don't like requests. I hate it. <laughs> I'm always the most violent with requests. Okay, and we don't true. like you, you that people violence. are bothering. <laughs> I mean, it's just like Mika was just saying, like, yeah, between being closer and being on a big stage very far away, we like being clo closer the best, but uh, no, we don't like requests and we don't like people bothering us and asking for a B-Day song. No, no, no. That's yeah, so okay. So yeah, every, everybody's the same then. No like requests. <laughs> we like our space. Uh, of course, we like our space. Yeah, and but that's more because work. The, the, if you get the respect of the audience, then they do that. Then they give you that space and they trust you with your selection. And then you have a nice interchange. If you, if some people in the audience are, I don't know, less respectful, they come to ask for uh, requests. They come to, to say like, you should play this one after as if they know better and stuff like this. A lot of times that happens and it's not nice. And that's really wow. bothering, bothering us. Yeah. And every talked about the ones who, because we are women, are just checking if we are actually playing, like technically playing, you know? What? Because we've we've had that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only thing we we will we had like that was really annoying, according to the fact that because we were women, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. They were checking guys, you know. They were like, oh yeah, they are female DJs. What are they doing? Are they actually? playing <laughs> what yeah and that, yeah, yeah, that they don't that. dance they don't vibe they just, just are there checking you and maybe half an hour 40 minutes later they they start to vibe because they are like okay okay they can do it they can do it yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah you feel like there, what? there are some tr trust issues i think sometimes wow. with the uh, only ones we had actually male otherwise DJs, yeah. right. 
And we, you did that, that frequently? Not no. anymore. But no, not anymore. We used at to have beginning. that in the beginning, yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Because I was like, guys, wow, these guys are really weird, right? It was at the no, beginning. But, yeah, I really, really remember some parties in the beginning when there were not so many female uh, DJs within hip hop. Uh, so in hip hop events, it was not so uh, usual to see women uh, DJing. And then you are there with turntables, with vinyl or with Serato. And uh, they are wa watching your hands and, and, your <laughs> and, and they are hanging over the DJ booth really to see. I remember Effa too, like in the White Cats at one yeah. time, uh, it was at, once, at, at, at one point a bit intimidating even um, because they were checking every move you did to see if it was real. It really had to prove ourselves in a way. Yeah, but, uh, sorry to say that, but okay, uh, in the beginning, so 2009, back then, you didn't have that many controllers that you can, that allowed you to just play something and just, ah, just do nothing. I, I mean, you, that you that had to move the turntables uh, and the mixers and stuff so you can see, it's really yeah, but. Serato didn't have a sync uh, button at that time. Yeah, exactly, right? And, and stuff like this, but yeah, still, um, yeah, I don't know why. Maybe to check if we were like just play and, you know, pushing play and pause or, you know, how, how we would do it. We were not scratching, never. So it's not like, uh, I mean, people would have heard maybe like a technical kind of, you know, and it was whole hip hop heads, huh, you know, so it was okay, more okay. like, Maybe to do like the guy who's like checking on you, you know, and we, we really didn't care. I remember it was intimidating a bit, but we just did the job actually, because we were oh. first, we really wanted to, to be good at it, you know, not yeah. to be there just to have fun and it's okay if we are not techni technically good. I think we wanted to prove a bit too much at the beginning that we could do it because we were the only female DJs. Uh, so, of course, it had that kind of influence on us. It's DJing has changed, I think, so much that people don't, they don't really care. Even the DJ themselves, you know, the, they don't really care if they are good or not. Technically, it's the, the, all, with all the CDJs and stuff, with all the syncs, buttons, it's not like you have to try really yourself to be, uh, to match the beat. If it, the machine can do it for you, it's, it's good also. And people have fun anyway. So... Uh, when we begin, it was more of a purist uh, oh, time. Uh, so voila, it, it's, it has changed. And I think it's way easier for somebody who starts, male or female, and who is not so confident to really be appreciated and, you know, to carry on. And it's okay if you miss things. Uh, people are less purist than before. So it's, yeah, I, I think it's easier. I remember when I started, there was really the discussion still going on like do you choose vinyl or do you um, give up on vinyl and you go for Serato and it was like you were uh, betraying the art yeah, true, when true, you true. chose uh, Serato. Big, I mean, yeah, true. Uh, there was a big discussion at, uh, at one point like are you still a real DJ, a purist if you choose to, to uh, spin digitally? So um, and I think it comes from there that people were a bit, uh, a bit suspicious, you know, like, is it real or are they real enough? Uh, and do they know what they are playing? This was something, sometimes uh, I remember one time a, a male DJ, I will not mention the name, but he was like taking a quiz. He I was know it is. On a quiz. What? 
I was behind the DJ booth. I was playing or I was taking over from uh, him. I don't remember. And he was really asking me like things. Uh, do you know which group um, uh, KRS was part of and stuff like this? And I was like, are you questioning me? Are you uh, examining me? What is this? What? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And I don't think he would have done that with a male DJ. Never. Really of course he didn't have to. Wow. Never. Oh, well, <laughs> it was a, a very indelicate way of, uh, it was really sexist uh, oh. to even uh, think that because you are a woman, uh, you, 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 are, you have no knowledge or something, because that's something we shared in common. It was our knowledge, music knowledge. We would have never pretend, pretended to be DJs if we didn't have the, no the knowledge, actually. It was not possible. It was not possible. This is something you can do right now, I think. This is something you really can go away with. You don't have enough knowledge. It's okay. It's, there is no problem. But at that time, it was still, uh, and even a bit afterwards, it was still, uh, it was, yeah, I don't want to sound uh, like the old school, you know, uh, old school uh, lady uh, speaking, but it was kind of different. And I still think that to be a DJ, you have to have solid knowledge. And it's important because... That's part of the art, but uh, yeah, maybe for some it's not seen as an art anymore. It's just like a way of earning money and then the values are different. Mm -hmm. True. Wow. So did you have uh, other weird experiences with guys like that you felt was sexist or at least that you felt that if that person was addressing a guy, it wouldn't happen the same way? I think I mean, sometimes you, you look at each other and you wink like, but it was never like a bad experience. Sometimes okay. they were like, yeah. okay, I will, I will connect this for you. Or they are checking if there is a technical issue that they want to try and solve it for you because they assume you don't know. And then we always had a very complicated, when we were uh, mixing with the two Serato boxes, remember, remember that Fatou? We, we connected them in a special way so we could, we could mix back to back. And, uh, and I remember then a lot of guys were watching us like, what are they doing? Uh, and how are they connecting this? So sometimes it was funny to, to, um, to prove them wrong. <laughs> it was, it was the, yeah, it was before the SL4. It was a whole of a story to do that. And yeah, we were like, don't, don't worry. It's, it's going to be okay. It's not because we are women that we don't know what we do with, uh, you know, plugins and stuff. And, and yeah, sometimes I think I remember at the beginning, we just had one or two DJs here who were like very suspicious about this new collective and it's just, oh, is this just to be nice behind turntables and just, you know, present themselves as like uh, uh, the mignon uh, derrière, uh, like, you know, just be there like beautiful plants or something, just show themselves. I don't know. It was that kind of, you know, That's questioning. Bad. And then afterwards, after the first parties, it was very quickly like, yeah, no, they do their job. They are great connoisseurs and they know what they are doing. So we never had prob. It never prevents Superfly to grow. And it was even why we were booked so much because we are the only female DJs. And it was really uh, mm -hmm. like what made us play, uh, play, uh, so many times right away from the beginning we never had a management 
We never had until a few years uh, a booking agent and we were playing all the time. We were all working full time now, so we never could live from it because we were four. Uh, even when we were two, we were dividing all for the collective anyway, so we could not really earn a living. But mm -hmm. we were really playing like all male DJs we knew uh, at our level, of course, you know, same kind of level. Mm -hmm. who were, they, were, they were playing twice a week. or But with the full-time job, it really drained us. I have, we have to recognize this to, today, that it was, uh, it was really hard, actually, to do that I and no, when you do an art it's way better to live from it because it's too hard to to handle this uh, mostly when you work at night with a with a full-time job indeed and and uh, so you were all working full-time and djing on the side then right yeah. okay yeah. now the question <laughs> the big question <laughs> <laughs> how do you cope now that your mom's on top of that, we, <laughs> so. we really had to change our habits. Uh, it's normal. Um, but I, I used to work already like two years before I was a mom. I used to work already part time okay. because I felt like, OK, this is not healthy anymore. Um, so I was trying to find my balance. But since I, I'm a mom, you know, I became a mom two months before Corona hit uh, the world. And so naturally, every, everything stopped. And I think it was an advantage to help me um, mm -hmm. accept that I wouldn't play so much anymore. Um, because I think in the beginning when, when my, my baby was little, I mean, I didn't have, feel the need to play for uh, a few months. But then just before Corona hit, uh, I, I really started to, you know, I saw the bookings coming in, you know, uh, in the mailbox. And I was like, yeah, okay, I want to go back out there. And then naturally, because of the pandemic, everything stopped. And I think for me, it was healthy mm -hmm. because I would have had um, overdone myself or I would have uh, had a huge uh, fear of missing out all the, all the time. Wow. And so I think for me, naturally, it's... Uh, it stopped, it didn't stop, but it, like, the, the frequency is way less. And I think it's good for me. It's way healthier for me. But being a mom um, and still wanting to live your passion in some kind of way. So it's not the nights anymore, but we still do radio and stuff. Combining with being a mom and a part-time job, it's still heavy. It's, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I, I struggle, I still struggle to find uh, a good balance um, between everything I, I want in my life. And there were times that I really was like, okay, I should just stop. <laughs> this, is not, uh, this is not healthy anymore for me. I can't cut myself into so many pieces. Uh, I can't divide myself every day. Uh, I can't play... Uh, and the mom and the, the colleague and the DJ all at the same time. I can't do all these roles. But then, yeah, your passion is so strong and, and you, you miss it. And then you see the others go play somewhere and you're like, oh, shit, I wanted to be there. So it's for me, it's, it's a, now really um, a struggle to find the balance mm -hmm. between everything that I want to do in my life. Yeah. Thank you.
Yeah, same, same, really. And my child is one, uh, one month and a half uh, or two months uh, older than uh, Mika's uh, oh, baby. So he, he, nine he's months. Uh, nine months. Are we? But yeah, we? Lenny is from March. <laughs> we, I'm, I'm like completely uh, <laughs> <are we? laughs> almost a year. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I don't know why I thought. But Corona was also for me, it was like my comeback. It was supposed to be my comeback. I was like waiting for it for such a long time because we do solo gigs uh, also outside mm-hmm. of the collective. Okay. We are quite active even outside of the collective. And uh, I'm a big FOMO person, a huh? fear of missing out person. I've always been like this. No, so, um, I know it that. was really hard for me because just I was so I, I was for one year I was the DJ of Busamu so I was doing the back vocal and I was her DJ and it was during my whole pregnancy and it was really some busy busy time for her it was so good so we traveled in France in Belgium it was so nice and uh, in Holland and um, it stopped uh, because I had my baby so it was really hard because I really stopped uh, an hyperactivity because I was still active with the Superfly. And it was very hard actually to stop everything and being a mom, which is of course wonderful, but at the, uh, the, the first month it's so tiring and it's not so beautiful because you are too tired and you it's a new status as a woman it's very violent to mm. cope with that it can be it can be you know and i think mm. not many women uh, likes or uh, dare uh, dare to say it because it's not so well seen when you say that it, sure. it has to be wonderful you know from the beginning and it's very hard it's fucking hard so when you have a passion it's naturally you can't do it anymore because you first have to go back to work to earn money when your passion is not your job it's another thing that goes on top Mm -hmm. and three things like this it's impossible to cope at the same time so then what do you do you work less but can you work less and earn less money so Of course, it's the passion who takes a lot because you're not going, going to be a lesser mom. You, I mean, yeah, you are a mom. You are a full mom. It's full-time It's a full-time mom. job. This is True. something you cannot sacrifice. It's your child. You love it, love him or love her so much. It's, no, it's normal. But then you, first, it's okay, like she says, because you are in the process of, you know, but then at one point, you really miss your passion, really, because that's a part of you. That's one of the fire burning inside. That's completely, you know, it's éteint, quoi. It's it's off. It's uh, voilà. So uh, when I had to come back, it was COVID. So at the same time, I was like, okay, everybody has to stop. So it's, it's better. I don't see everybody on Instagram or Facebook doing it, and it's easier for me. But then, no, no, it's very, very hard because obviously we can't play at night anymore. Like before, we can't we can't come back at seven in the morning. When your child wakes up at seven and ten, you know, voila, you have to have the structure, the family structure to help you. And I don't have that. So it's only my man, you know, but he's a DJ himself. It's his job. So he can't say I'm not playing. So if we have like a weekend where we have to play the two of us, it's a bit complicated. Do we have the money to pay? Because it's not well done. Uh, So babysitting are not seen as um take it as an expense as if it was fuel or Mm. you know music you buy but it's so natural to 
pay a babysitting to be able to go. Uh, it's not. It's 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 normal. I mean, it's normal to be able to play a DJ set. So why isn't it? You know, it's so sexist. Alors it's like the the the, the mom. You don't. The structure is not made for mamas. It's mm -hmm. all made for daddies because they can go play. The mom is there to take care of the baby. But if the dad is not there, it's not that there is a structure facilitating the whole thing. So you are going to cancel your date anyway because there is no solution, you know. Mm -hmm. And even if you have the parents, are they going? They have to take the little baby the whole night. But it's not possible first. It's you know, it's a whole organization. And I don't think in Belgium, actually, it's well done that it's, it's I think it's discriminatory mm -hmm. for parents in music. I think it's not so well organized to facilitate your comeback. So I was, um, I was very disappointed with that. Uh, I knew it, but once you live it, it's another thing. Maybe sometimes it's better because, of course, my the, the, the tiredness involved in being a, a mom a working mom you can't do everything so it's better I was stopped in my you know motivation because if I could have played more at night I would have been so tired it's not healthy like she says mm -hmm. so you no, try then, to find yeah, balance. If, you, if you give up a part of the time you invested before in, in in your passion you feel like you are denying a part of your identity you see, um, and that this is something I really struggle with. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very happy if I can go play somewhere because it really feeds again um, this fire. But when I don't play for a while and um, I, I feel I'm a bit out of the thing, I feel less myself. And it's, it's really a matter of accepting your new ad identity. And like for me, eh? um, mm -hmm. And, and that's that music, that your passion, the, the parts in your life is, is just smaller. And I have to accept that. Even though I wish it was otherwise, it's just not possible at the moment. It's not healthy. The acceptance of this is, is quite hard still for me. Yeah, me too. No, I understand. Yeah. Especially when you have uh, some troubles to find uh, people or help or money or means to 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 keep your child safe while you time of little spots to play and to have fun for yourself only and not only for your family or your business or something else but just for you so i understand it could be not easy but it's more than just the night you are away because if you've been away the whole night to play okay, you, you have somebody to keep your baby for you, but then the day after you are tired and you are with your child. And so you cannot give him the attention he needs because you are tired and yeah. then you, you feel guilty. And so it's, it's way more than just finding mm -hmm. um, somebody to take the of child course. when you are away. It's, it's really finding the balance between everything. And mm. um, yeah. Like and there say, is the... And there is also the pressure of society on moms. You can be judged as a bad mom just because you, you know, you, you could feel you are not judged, but in your brain, you could feel you could be judged because you don't give attention, uh, enough attention because you are too tired. But why are you too tired? Because you went playing at night. It's not so well seen, you know, because mm. you could choose not to do that. But when you are not living from your job, it's even more complicated to make people understand that you really need to do this 
you know, because it's not for the money you are doing it. It's, it's, it's your passion, it's for yourself, it's for what you have built before. Um, obviously, now we are three moms out of four on the collective. So the collective has, has changed just because we can't keep with the rhythm anymore. And, um, but it's still, I don't know if you understand, but there is a lot of guiltiness that I think is due to how the society are uh, viewing a mom and artists' moms. Uh, I've, I've read quite a lot of articles saying that we are more pressured even mm. than other moms because artistic, artistic where uh, jobs are seen still a bit like not as serious as other jobs as if I was the CEO of a big you know um, uh, big thing and that uh, everybody would understand that my brand needs me there you know mm. um, when you say yeah I'm playing with my friends and we love it and it was for a hip-hop party people could be like yeah it's not so serious not seen as serious as other things which could mm -hmm. really uh, justify why you would not be as much as how much you want to be with your child. I don't know if you see, uh, you understand what I mean. The, the other way around, it, for me, it works the other way around too, because if I've, if I've been out of it for a while and I share with my friends like, okay, I feel a bit sad or down because I haven't been DJing, I, I haven't uh, done so much. Um, sometimes people don't understand like, yeah, but you have your child. I mean, yeah. it's the best thing in the world. Exactly. I mean, it's great to have a child and I really love him with all my heart, but there's really more to life than that for me. For me, maybe it's exactly. not for somebody else, but for me, I, I, I waited quite a long time to be a mom. <laughs> and I really understand now better, even, even more better than before, why I did that because I, I had a passion to live and mm -hmm. but it's it's not something you turn off uh, from the moment the child is there and so it's a constant juggle you know mm -hmm. to to keep up with everything plus I have a job that I, I love too it's it's also a, a bit of a passion and it, I think it's the same uh, with Fatou yeah it's something I don't want to give up neither I have a field of expertise I I um, I feel I can make a difference in another way in society. Yeah, do I give up this? <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 hard. Yeah, because some people could say, but just give up your work then and be a DJ full time. But like she says, uh, we are really invested in uh, social working with migrants, and uh, I'm a teacher for uh, teenage immigrants. And yeah, Mika has done the same job with adults and. Now she's with the association dealing with migrants. So it's so, you know, for our heart, uh, it's very important. So it's still something we can't stop like this. We just have to find a balance. Mm -hmm. And finding a balance, like everything in life for everybody, it's a difficult job. For life. Mm. That's it. True. But I really um, understand your struggle because, as you said, really fairly you cannot give up on your on your kids your kid is the number one priority and then you have as well to take care of yourself for sure and taking care of yourself go through when you have a passion to feeding this passion but this passion is time consuming energy consuming and does not feed everyone money speaking mm. so you also have to have money income so yeah it's it's, uh, it's a difficult job and, and you were right saying that uh, artist moms are have more 
pressure than maybe artists, a male artist or non-mom artists, let's say, uh, because they, they, they have one big thing less to care of. So yeah, I agree. I, I know that uh, Miki is a really big fan of vinyls. Um, I see some uh, behind you as well, Fatou. <laughs> so uh, yeah. what, it's just it's a not few my collection. Uh, it's not my collection. It's my wow. My okay, so for those who are listening to the podcast, we see a huge wall of vinyls stacked the, upon each other. Wow, my God, it's so long. I don't know. It's like six meters long, three or four meters high, uh, and ten thousand. I counted okay. ten thousand vinyls. Okay, some years so, ago I I counted. Wow. Okay, <laughs> so and I don't uh, I already fear that if you the the time you're moving out, that will yeah be we bad. moved out. It was a hell for the movers. Voila. <laughs> say that the one, the one who loves vinyls knows that that whenever you have to move, it's a nightmare. It's horrible. Yeah, even so. with my. Uh, way more compact uh, uh, collection it was already uh, uh, quite a work um, my god wow so uh do you still buy vinyls frequently sometimes never not mm -hmm. frequently but i do buy yeah i do buy no no I, i i buy i still buy vinyl um i don't buy 12 inches singles so many singles anymore i um i buy albums i care for um So uh, I really buy the albums I, I would love to listen to from A to Z and not so much anymore to play on parties or public occasions. Mm -hmm. So I really buy now just for myself, just for the love of the uh, artist, the album, uh, the artwork sometimes uh, when it comes with a, a nice, you know, box set or whatever. Uh, yeah, I get <laughs> yeah. And you, Fatou? Uh, but yeah, I still do. Uh, I have less time to go. I, I would like to have more time to go dig uh, in some places in Brussels and I never find that time anymore. No. Uh, and uh, I travel less with COVID. And, and since we are, uh, we are parents, we travel together a bit less. But I used to have like, it's been, I think, 10 years that I have the habit of uh, digging in the, in, a, in the country, local hip hop. You know, and each time we were like, even with the with the, together with Mika, we would go like. Uh, I have a very nice souvenir of us digging in a place in uh, Austria, in Vienna, and I found in the some basement. local, yeah. yeah, local Austrian hip hop, and I was like, this is like wow, and it was like uh, gold, like Caviar d'Alibaba for hip hop. We were like. What and is it this? Mean, it, it, it was not really a shop. I don't know what it was. It was more like a basement, and and a guy was selling. Oh, yeah, this, yeah. amazing. Uh, I, and amazing. I don't remember how we ended up there, but it was really nice. We asked. We asked. I don't even ah, know. We had a few places, yeah, yeah, and I this I I love it. It's like a treasure hunting for me. Each time I travel, I I try yeah. to find local hip hop. Still like to to do that or uh, buy uh, all the secondhand 80s hip hop and uh, secondhand uh, house music, uh, soulful house. This is really what I'm into for uh, a few years now. Sometimes you want to buy vinyl and people just don't release their music on vinyl. So sure. you just don't buy it anymore because they are not there. The albums you love, they are not always there on vinyl format. So 
Sure. I had the chance to work in a in a local shop, uh, he, record shop here in uh, Ostende because I live now in Ostende, uh, and it's all second hand. Um, and the owner, he um, he buys collections from people who stop uh, to collect and stuff. And so, I really love to to spend my afternoons yeah, working, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all the time listening to the to the the new stock that came in um, so nice but yeah like you say Fatou when when I travel it's the same it's always on my to-do list I I, I'm, I don't really travel to to see all the monuments or whatever it's first thing on, on my to-do list is like okay I want to go see where is the record shop and I want to go check yeah I'm gonna go <laughs> I know and that and I remember oh this vinyl I bought it there and um this I really love too that in my collection I, I have a lot of records that I still remember how I got them and where I got them and from which yeah. shop I got them and, and I have the same so as well <laughs> this I love yeah. and you don't Super. have that with digital music of course yeah but always you will always do it yeah. but last time we went to play in Lynn it was one month ago uh I was the only one to stay there and if you would have come with me it would have been funny because I went to so I treasure island uh, of hip-hop it was in Lille uh, a guy who's really known for that it's and urban music no ah ben voilà urban music <laughs> hip-hop <laughs> it's a whole room of a tu en voilà everywhere I loved it and if, we, if I would have been there with Mika it was fun it would have been funny because the guy at one point we, he was, we were discussing and I was like, yeah, I'm in a collective we played yesterday. Ah, what's the name of the collective? Superfly. He was like, oh, it really rings a bell. Uh, no, no, no. And then I said, yeah, we went here. Uh, we played uh, like maybe she passed uh, six years ago or something. Uh, it was a festival in Lynn called A New York. And we played three hours uh, of exclusive uh, New York uh, City rap nice. music. Uh, three hours, the four of us, and actually he remembered, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I was there, and there was a tall blonde girl, and I was like, yeah, this is Mika." <laughs> I was like, "Of course you remember her," and then it was so funny. So if you would have been with me, he would have recognized you. I think that's, that's a, it's really fun, you know. That was it's a great like a story with with records shops. There's always something to yeah. Uh, speaking of vinyls, did you have some uh, a record or an LP or an artist or something that really struck you recently, or you're just obsessed with uh, with it, uh, and you want to share it maybe, if it's possible? On vinyl, uh, on, vinyl oh, yeah. on whatever format you like. Ah, yeah, in my top twenty twenty one uh, <laughs> albums was uh, was Cleo Soul. Her right. album, uh, Mother, I still haven't bought it on vinyl, but it's on my list uh, because th that's the kind of record I really would like to have on vinyl because um, it's a very, um, I think for the artist, a very personal album. Um, and because of the, you know, the, the new phase I'm in being a mother, it's a... Uh, it, it spoke to me and I think she's living a different experience than me as a mother but still you recognize and it makes you reflect in the lyrics but not only in the lyrics but also a lot in the melodies and stuff that she really um, yeah it touched me so this is on my to buy list to buy list <laughs> okay 
Yeah, I was like a bit checking, but I think the last one I bought is the one from Bonnie Banan, Sexy Planets. And I absolutely, I was so glad to have it on vinyl. And I think she's one of the freshest uh, R&B artists in France. Uh, I love her since the beginning. But well, I was very glad to have this album. And because she speaks about Cleo Soul, the Salt mm-hmm. albums for me, were, was it was like having a gold thing in my hand. I was like, wow, this is so, for what it means for all the, uh, the Black community rights and stuff and the timing when it was uh, released and stuff, it's, uh, it's very powerful. And she's amazing on those three albums. And uh, voila. But the last artist I've listened to, and I don't have the album, but it's Conway the Machine. And like you, I'm super good at not to have been able to go to the concert. They said it was so great. And I was like, I had my ticket. I couldn't go. I was like, oh, no. And I really would have liked. Yeah, actually, I didn't know. I I saw stories about people I knew from Paris having Conway uh, performing in Paris. So I said like, oh, again, he's coming to Paris. He will never come to Brussels or Belgium. So I didn't even check, you know, because, you know, <laughs> you know, so and I saw and a story of a guy posing in front of the tricks in Anvers, like, and I was like, no way. And I'm like, on my couch watching that. And I'm like, no. This is one of like, the... Yeah, I was really, really mad at myself not knowing that or mad at, I don't know what, but yeah. I was mad actually to miss the album, it. The album is very good. And this is the thing with the FOMO I was talking about. And voila, being a mom, voila, for that night, it's because I was a mom and voila, it's normal, it's like this, but that's why I missed, uh, I had the ticket and I missed it. I couldn't go finally, but yeah, voila, c'est ça. Mais very nice album. Really, I loved it. I loved the dark vibe and the old school vibe and a few of when new school kind of boom bap vibe in it. It's really good. Yeah, Conway is a, is a bomb. Yeah, I have to say. <laughs> and I missed it. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> we're going to see him again. I think yeah, we're going to yeah. see him again. We, we, You know what I we say? We, we say, like, summer. next time he's coming around, like, I don't know, like, Netherlands, Paris, Lille, somewhere near, we go, whatever. We, we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> we plan it before we go. <laughs> yeah. But w- when you are a mom, you can't pl- plan like you used to. It can, voila. If your child is sick, you have to be there. It's like exactly. this. And voila, tu vois? It's another way of uh, living. Voilà. <laughs> no, I agree because even if everything is aligned, let's say, let's you have the ticket, you have a babysitter, or I don't know, you're a grandparent or whatever, family member. But as soon as I don't know, he or she makes a tooth, or I don't know, something else, and like, okay, I have to stay home. It's very home. hard to leave, uh, of course, a child when it's like this. I mean, you have to have the like you say, all the planets have to be aligned for you to go and uh, you know and not worry yeah because if, if the five nights before that were horrible you don't feel so motivated to come out of the house true even if you have a babysitter and your baby is all right so you need to check on up on yourself too and your own uh, state but um, when you do go out it's like wow it's yeah. like you, know, <laughs> you enjoy it even more but that's true and huh? that's nice that comes with the job of the mom too is that you appreciate so much more uh, than before being uh, alone being with your friends going uh, playing somewhere and stuff um 
it's it's nice too and you enjoy coming back to and and see this little be uh, human being so cute and it's so intelligent already it's uh, yeah it's uh, it's another world really so you live uh, more intensely let's say exactly Absolutely. last but not least um if you had the uh, one or a few advice to give to your younger self or to someone to to do uh, about to start DJing what would you say to him her they I would say that I would that I shouldn't doubt myself so much yeah I shouldn't have been so careful always uh, and I could have chosen sometimes more for myself instead of someone else and I don't mean this in relationships <laughs> or something uh, I, I really mean it uh Being a DJ, you know, I I think sometimes I was too maybe too humble and too putting myself too much um, out of the putting myself too much backwards. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how you. I, I've always been a person that wasn't. I, I was not used to show myself. This is okay. more accurate to say. I was not used to show myself, and I was even sometimes a bit gêné to show myself, or I doubted should I do this or, and. I don't think that was necessary and it caused me a lot of uh, energy <laughs> okay. all these struggles and it was so unnecessary to to be afraid of that uh, so I would say my younger self just go out there feel free feel free <laughs> okay thank you and uh, and you mean like what, what we could say to um another uh, DJ oh, star yeah yeah uh, uh, someone that wants to try uh, to and as, as well your younger I, self and to someone new but it's a great advice you're talking to me, myself yeah. huh? I was really talking to myself because I think yeah. there are a lot of people who don't have problem with showing themselves okay. <laughs> nowadays like if you see Instagram and stuff uh, <laughs> but for me it was not so easy and uh, sometimes I really felt I, it held me back and it was not yeah. necessary Ouais, c'est ça. So don't, don't, don't hold back. Follow your guts. Yeah. Follow your guts. Even if you feel like you're going to be an outsider by doing something, I think the most memorable um, artists are the ones who dare actually to follow their guts and do something that first maybe people won't understand, but then they will see what you wanted to do uh like i i said earlier nadia uh, was the dj who wanted to make people discover her trap world when nobody was ready and voila she waited and and she did it and nevertheless even when people was like, ah, what is this we want old school we want old school and she did it and then afterwards i mean it was uh perfect and 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 many Uh, now we, um, we call her to be the ones who did that in some mm. hip hop parties uh, in Brussels or elsewhere. So um, you, you have to dare and uh, it's not easy, but I would say to, to be a bit of outside the box. And I think that's the, the secret of longevity as well, because being always on the trends won't lead you very, uh, you won't last so long. Or maybe, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, then you are lucky. So your your secrets guide us to make what you love and not what people are expecting from you, right? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, voilà, c'est ça. Nice, <laughs> so good. That's really cool. So, what did you do? You have something to say at the end, like maybe next dates, uh, some upcoming projects. 
what we should yeah. not miss ever or some promo time <laughs> promo time so i'm checking our um, schedule so, so we're gonna all, we, we still do the our radio show every two weeks uh, yeah. uh, not to forget and we are um on Bruges. Uh, on Bruges, okay and we are was yesterday so uh, in two weeks uh, it's the new one and on kiosk once a month every second wednesday of the month Um, we're gonna do the uh, depot is gonna celebrate its 19th uh, anniversary so we're gonna open the night uh, nice. with uh, other DJs uh, so it's gonna be Leuven 30th of April um, and we have a few dates but we can't tell right now we have to wait it's uh, it's uh, public <laughs> And no I'm worries. really looking forward. I, me, myself, I'm playing a, a party in Ghent next uh, Saturday. It's yeah. an old school 90s uh, hip hop and R&B party. And it's organized and meant for the people uh, I knew back then in Ghent. Um, so it's all going to be older people, I think. <laughs> But the people I used to go out with when I was going out in the 90s, And I share that vibe with. Nice. So it's, it's kind of private, but not really. But uh, it's a bit invitation uh, stuff. But I'm really looking forward to it because it's. I'm gonna relive my uh, adolescence. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. With my friends uh, from then. So that's nice. Travel back in time. Nice. Voilà. Okay. Do you have uh, anything else you want to add maybe to close this podcast for our listeners and, uh, and viewers? I was just going to say that if some people from Wallonia are listening, I'm going to play at Urban Ardent, 6th of May, an hip-hop party. So voilà. In Liège. In Liège. The famous uh, city. Otherwise, uh, no, we would like to thank you for inviting us. It was not thank easy you. to find uh, the time to do that. That really shows how our lives are. <laughs> uh, very, yeah, voila. That's life. But, uh, are, it's, it's, it's really nice always to talk about what we have, uh, what we have achieved uh, with the collective. It's nice to, that you, you still want to know and uh, it's, it's yeah, great. And And I'm, I'm very grateful for people like you um, who have a bit the same, I think, mind state as yeah. us. You want to exactly. share, you want to connect with other people. And in, in the whole story of Superfly, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that we could connect uh, with so many other uh, people, women in particular, um, who share a similar passion. And uh, this is for me next to the music the most wonderful thing there is that's to uh, to meet people who are a bit like-minded uh, like you so uh, uh, oh it's so nice to say this now you. it was the best way to close and <laughs> thank you very much i'm um, i'm thank you because when we were talking about uh, following your guts and not afraid of being outside the box it can really apply to you what you are trying to do with the scratching and stuff i mean yeah. you are the only female in belgium who have uh, Have, have, has ever uh, done that uh, so uh, really, <laughs> a, a big big up to you and what you have achieved until now really thank you very much thank you and, and thank you for paving the way for uh, hip-hop heads female hip-hop heads and uh, and uh, and the female as well in the, the game because uh, you were there before and uh, and now uh, thanks to you 
people know that uh, female DJs. Uh, I know I'm saying that in 22, but you know it's still kind of rare. So it's really nice that you you have a, a strong collective and with a uh, so so many good vibes and uh, good energy and you're always positive and trying to do the best thing ever all the time so I'm really grateful for that too and thank you for your time because I know it's precious so thank you guys thank you very much um, I hope you you'll have a, a great 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 uh, spring and summer with uh, many cool projects coming your way and uh, that we can uh, cross each other sometimes and le yeah listen to kiosk and to bras to the show you have uh instagram facebook stuff like instagram. that you can yeah. share well, we have the both superfly collective and yeah we post more on instagram now nowadays so yeah they can oh. people can follow, follow these there. ladies on instagram oh do you write superfly super with a a s-u-p-a-f-l-y Okay, on Instagram. So follow these ladies and uh, have fun. Thank you, guys. Have fun. Thank you for your, your time and, uh, and, and see you soon then. Hey, guys, I really hope you enjoyed this new show of Ladies of the Turning Tables with Fatusan and Mickey Gold from the Superfly Collective. Don't forget to follow them and me as well, Supergile, DJ Supergile on Instagram as well to have every news and updates about the, our shows. If you enjoyed this show and the previous ones, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and everywhere you can find them. So Spotify, Google Podcasts, everywhere. It means a lot for me and it helps the show a great deal. So thank you again, Radio Vacarm, for hosting us. And you can find this podcast afterwards on the platforms. Enjoy, have a great month and see you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Ladies of the turning table. 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 Ladies of the turning table.